Football season is certainly around the corner, and we have made it to training camp. We have updates on your favorite football team on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, training camp has begun in the first two segments. Updates on the Texas football team on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And in the third segment, we got big news yesterday. The top Priority prospect in the 2024 class for the Texas Longhorns, Colin Simmons, has announced his commitment date. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I said, we are getting closer to football season. It is August 3rd. Texas will take the field in DKR on September 2nd against Rice. But before we get to that, we got training camp. And yesterday was the first day of training camp. They also have a practice today as well. Not sure of the exact schedule, but we know they're going to be grinding for the next two to three weeks to get ready for, uh, you know, a long, grueling season and hopefully a season that culminates, you know, with them winning the Big 12 championship in December. So in the first segment, we're going to have some updates on the offensive side of the ball. These updates come from Horns 24-7 and Inside Texas. And you know, my job is just to react to them on Locked On Longhorns. In the second segment, we're doing the defensive side of the ball. And in the last segment, we're talking about Colin Simmons and his upcoming commitment date. So starting with the offensive side of the ball, and I think really the most important update, and Steve Sarkeesian talked about it, is Quinn Ewers, right? And we've heard all offseason about his fitness, right? He just looks like he's, you know, in significantly better shape than he was last year. Uh, you know, his maturity, and I wouldn't say that cutting a mullet off shows maturity, but I do think that, you know, it shows that he's trying to separate himself from how he looked last year. He took responsibility and said he was disappointed in his performance last year, and he felt like he let the University of Texas, his teammates, and the fan base down, right? And just a uh, better understanding of the offense, more attention to detail, cleaned up footwork, cleaned up mechanics, and a quarterback that's ready to take the reins in a positive way in year two. And that continued you know, throughout the offseason that continued in day one of fall camp, right? Because Steve Sarkeesian came out and said it's one of the best practices he's ever seen. Everybody that was there covering the practice said that Quinn Ewers looked really good, was faster in his movements and his mechanics with his footwork and getting the ball out accurately and on time. And I've talked about Quinn Ewers making that transformation from talented gunslinger to franchise quarterback. And that's what Texas needs this year to reach their goals. They need a franchise quarterback, not somebody with just a ton of arm talent. And he is really transforming himself into a franchise quarterback and a leader, right? Do the players on the team respect Quinn Ewers? Yes. Do the players on the team want to go to war with Quinn Ewers? Yes. When the players go to war with Quinn Ewers, do they feel like they can win any battle because they have Quinn Ewers on their side? The answer to all of those questions is yes. He has shown a lot of maturity and progression over the offseason. Can't wait to see Quinn Ewers as quarterback one on September 2nd. And staying in the quarterback room, they talked about Malik Murphy, how the ball just zips out of his arm. We know he's a physical freak, right? But the arm talent is there as well. He can make any throw and he commands the field when he's out there. And Arch Manning, the youngest one of the group, the true freshman, has been said that he may have the best mechanics out of that group. So we see that picture floating around all the time from Alabama with Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua Tungvaloa on it. 
there's going to be a picture in five years floating around with Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, and Malik Murphy on it. They're that talented. They're that good at the sport of football. Moving on to the running back room, and we know that Jonathan Brooks is running back one, and that was confirmed yesterday, taking um, the first team reps. And they say that, you know, all of the running backs in the room are really talented, but he just looks different, right? He understands the offense. He's fluid in his movements, and he knows what to do and what Steve Sarkeesian wants to accomplish. Cedric Baxter, uh, the number one running back in the 2023 class. He's the biggest running back on the team by far. That's what they said. And he just looks, you know, ready to play like a veteran. Keelan Robinson got a lot more reps than I thought he would. He was working with the first and second team. And I think that's really cool. You know, I talked about yesterday how much of an asset he is on special teams, but he's also a really good football player and somebody who's very explosive on the offensive side of the ball. He has a ton of experience with Steve Sarkeesian and this offense. And he's just somebody that doesn't complain, goes out there and does what you ask him to do to win football games for the Texas football team. So it's good to see him uh, getting second team reps. I did not expect him to be that involved you know, in the offense this year. But clearly, Keelan Robinson will be, you know, a big part of this Texas offense. That was good to see. And then Jaden Blue was working with the third team. Did not hear a lot of good things about Savion Red. Hopefully that changes throughout the course of the camp. When you're talking about the wide receiver room, right, on three said that this may be the second best wide receiver room in the country behind Ohio State. And maybe production-wise, they can make an argument on the field that they were the best wide receiver room in the country this year. You know, you talked about Xavier Worthy. He's playing with a lot of confidence, maybe the most confidence he's played with since he's been at the University of Texas. Looks explosive in and out of his cuts. Obviously, the speed is there. And, you know, when he, you know, is locked in and has his eyes on the ball, he can catch the ball at times with strong hands. They talked about Jordan Whittington. Um, he was not limited in practice, but he didn't participate in all of the drills. And, you know, that could just be body management. We know that Jordan Whittington has dealt with uh, a lot of injuries, but he looks leaner. You know, that's what I've heard really all offseason and, and definitely in the first camp. And looks like he's going to make an impact, you know, a bigger impact this year than he did last season, I should say. A.D. Mitchell, you know, the team loves him. And how could you not love him? Right. And you got to respect his game and what he can do on the field. And I think he's brought. Uh, you know, a jolt of new energy, not only to this offense, not only to the wide receiver room, but just to the team, right? When you bring somebody over that's a two-time national champion, I think iron sharpens iron. I think that, you know, kind of instills confidence in everybody. Like, we got somebody on our side who won the national championship the last two years in a row. It was one of the biggest reasons why Georgia won the national championship. And, of course, he's a hell of a receiver, somebody that Quinn Ewers is going to fall in love with this year if he hasn't fallen in love with him already. They talked about Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore, even as true freshmen, just looking like natural receivers and football players at that position. They're going to be so good at the University of Texas. But I think the biggest news out of the wide receiver room has to be Isaiah Nayor, 100% fully ready to go. He did have a brace on his knee. He doesn't look fully explosive yet. You know, he's not the Isaiah Nayor from Wyoming yet, and that's to be expected. I'm a Cowboys fan. We looked at you know, there's a lot of Cowboys fans listening, obviously. You know, Michael Gallup this year, even though he was fully recovered from the ACL, didn't look like himself. And sometimes it takes people, you know, some extra months or maybe an extra year to get back to that point to where they're confident in their cuts, confident in jumping up and going and get the getting the ball and just confident in playing the wide receiver position the way they know they're capable of. And that may take some time for Isaiah Nayor. So he's going to be on the field. He's going to be an asset for this Texas football team, but it may take him time to be the Isaiah Nayor that we saw on tape from Wyoming. But even on the field at 75, 80% capacity, he's still going to be really good for this Texas football team. So it's good to see him cleared and ready to go after tearing his ACL in camp last year. And then on the offensive line, 
the first team looked the same as it did last season. And it's good to have that continuity because we know that the offensive linemen work in concert. So when you bring back all five starters from last year, that's a good sign for improvement going into year two. You know, Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, I think, were the rocks on the offensive line last year. And based on the first practice, you know, yesterday, that seems to be the case still. You know, they are, I think, right now the two most reliable players on this offensive line. And then in the interior, you have Hayden Connor, Jake Majors, and Cole Hudson. And for the most part, they were good last year. But, you know, even Kyle Flood said in Texas media days, we need to see some improvement on the interior offensive line. Kyle Flood said he has eight offensive linemen he thinks we can win college football games with right now at this level. And the three behind those five I just mentioned were, of course, DJ Campbell, Cam Williams, and then Big Nito. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that competition in the interior offensive line spots. We know that Cole Hudson and Connor Robinson are kind of competing right now at the center position with Jake Majors. We know there's been an ongoing competition since DJ Campbell got on campus for that right guard position with him and Cole Hudson. And then at left guard, is Hayden Connor safe at that position? Or is Big Nito going to make some noise and get on the field in 2023? So a lot of, you know, good reports coming out in terms of the offense in day one. We'll see what happens in day two. But this looks like a football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's poised to make a lot of noise in the 2023 season. A quick word from our sponsors. And then we're talking about some defensive updates, specifically the defensive line who looked really, really good from everything I heard and read about the first training camp practice for the Texas Longhorns football team. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And if you're looking for candidates to feel crucial in quality positions, then LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those qualified candidates that you want to talk to once again, faster and for free. Post your job at no cost at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply all right getting into the defensive updates from the first day of fall camp or training camp not sure what you call it but it's the camp before the season starts right the calm before the storm and we heard really good things about the defensive line right from horns 24 7 inside texas everybody that was there everybody that was willing to talk everybody that knows something about something said that the defensive line was really good we'll start with uh, the edge position, you know, Baron Sorrell is locked in at that position. Justice Finkley was working behind him. I actually kind of like that rotation on that side. The interior defensive line is where all the hype and the hoopla was coming from. Uh, they said Byron Murphy just looks really good, right? You know, consistent motor, toughness, strength. But that quick get off, you know, is the reason that I think, you know, he was a preseason all Big 12 pick. And, you know, people at Inside Texas were saying they would not be surprised if he's the defensive lineman of the year in the conference. Look for an increased level of play and intensity from Byron Murphy in 2023. And then to Sweat, the same thing. We know how talented he is. And, you know, the report said that not only were Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat superstars on the field in terms of their play, I guess, in the first practice, but they carried themselves like veterans, right? Leaders, right? Getting on the field first, uh, participating in the drills first, obviously, because they're first team, but then also helping the players behind them, right? Helping 
you know, the coaches being a coach on the field. I know it's cliche, but it really helps. So it's good to see that from those brothers. And I know that they're going to have a huge year. Trill Carter behind them got really good reports as well. You know, you brought him in as, uh, you know, a big run stopper and really good depth for this Texas football team, because I think that you have questions about Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton and all of those younger players behind them. So Trill Carter gives you some consistency and some really good depth behind Savandre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And one quote that I thought was interesting Somebody said that he has the body type of a Keandre Coburn. He may not be as athletic or as twitchy as Keandre Coburn, but he certainly has that body type and certainly somebody who has played some, you know, really big football in the big 10 and can come in and, you know, stop the run and really help this Texas football team. And I think that gives you some leeway in terms of what you're going to get from Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins, because even though we've heard they look good physically, we're not sure what we're going to get from them on a consistent basis on the football field opposite uh, not opposite on the opposite side of Baron Sorrell we heard that Ethan Burke got the first team reps with Colton Vasek working behind him and Ethan Burke had a really good first practice he's still a little on the lighter side in terms of what you want from an edge rusher you know but in terms of just being a natural pass rusher getting to the quarterback and his technique he's really good on that side so it looks like your top four at the edge positions right now may be or at least after one day of practice uh, Baron Sorrell, Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, and Colton Vasek. I think that's a solid four-man rotation and should be a productive four-man rotation with some talented players uh, behind them. But really good things, rave reports about the defensive line uh, in the first uh, fall practice, which is really good because you just lost two players to the NFL from that group. And you still have a group that's solid and could be better than they were last year. At the linebacker position, you know, Jalen Ford is the alpha. He's the leader, you know, and he's the number one linebacker inside. And he's coming off an All-American season and maybe even better this year. And even if he isn't, I wouldn't say better. He's going to be better this year regardless because he's going to have more experience under his belt and be developed. He might not put up the stat line that he put up last year. I'll say that just because his stat line was ridiculous, right? But he's going to be even better this year, and he's going to be better for the linebackers, you know, around him. And I'm expecting, you know, certainly for him to win Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He should have won it last year. David Benda and Mo Blackwell were the two starting linebackers next to him. But we continue to hear that Leonga LaFau and Anthony Hill will be on the field this season for the Texas football team. So it's good to see the now, right, the current and the future at the linebacker position, all on the team at the same time and all progressing and developing well. And the secondary, Terrence Brooks, this is a big development, got the first team reps with the corner spot opposite of Ryan Watts. I had to remember that off the top of my head. As you can see, if you're an avid watcher, I have no notes in front of me. This is all off the top of my head this morning. Um, Ryan Watts and... Terrence Brooks and Jade Barron were the three corners that got the first team reps. That's an interesting development. We know that, you know, Terrence Brooks and Gavin Holmes are probably in one of the, you know, closest, you know, most competitive camp battles right now. And, you know, Terrence Brooks, I think, has the size, um, has the physicality and has the pedigree to be a really good corner at the University of Texas. We saw when he took over for Deshaun Jamison late in the season and that TCU game and the reps that he got in the Washington game, he was really good. Can he you know, be consistent with that and show that over the course of a season, you're hoping so, you know, but even if you put Gavin Holmes at that position, you know, if Malik Muhammad somehow shines throughout camp, it ends up at that position. I think you're really good. 
in your corner room regardless, right? And then you have players, you know, behind them like Jalen Gilbo, Austin Jordan, and Malik Muhammad who can come in in spurts uh, and do a lot of good things for this Texas football team. Jade Barron looks really good. Ryan Watts, the same thing. I expect even better gears this year than they showed us last year when they were really solid players. And then at the safety position, Jalen Catalan started off as your first team safety, which is really good to see uh, with Keaton Crawford working behind him. I think another thing that's interesting is true freshman Warren Robertson was working with the cornerbacks, right? Even though we brought him in as a safety, somebody that provides a lot of versatility uh, to Pete Kukowski and this defense. And then you had Jaron Thompson um, at that other safety spot as well. He didn't start with the first team, but we know that he's a starter on this Texas football team. So something just might've you know, might been going on or he might've been somewhere else, but it's good to see Jalen Catalan out there. Like I said, I think he's a ceiling raiser on this Texas football team. This defense will be really good no matter what. But if Jalen Catalan gives you 10 plus games, you're talking about a defense that has the potential to be elite this season. So really good updates on the defensive side of the ball. But I love what I'm hearing from the defensive line because my two biggest question marks going into the season are interior offensive line and the pass rush. But I think if Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy and Baron Sorrell play the way that they're capable of, then pass rush might not be a concern as we get into the meat of the season, a quick word from our sponsors. And then we talk about another pass rusher, Colin Simmons announcing his commitment date coming up soon. All right. So last year, I think the crown jewel of the class or the number one target for the university of Texas was Arch Manning, right? You still could have had a really good class without Arch Manning, but it just wouldn't have felt complete, right? You had to make sure that Arch Manning did not go to Alabama, did not go to Georgia. He ended up at the university of Texas and he came to Texas and that's a really good thing, right? Like I said, in his first practice as a true freshman, right? They're talking about, he may have, you know, the best combination of footwork and mechanics on the team. And that's not surprising because he's a Manning, but he's a true freshman, you know, and I just can't wait to see him, you know, really grow and mature and take the reins at the University of Texas. But this isn't about Arch Manning, right? This is about Colin Simmons. And he is, you know, I think, you know, it depends on where they have him ranked right now. You know, I don't, I can't check the rankings every day, but to my eye, he's the best player in the state of Texas. And he's the type of defensive prospect that Texas has been missing on for the better part of a decade. You know, I did the stats on this show, you know, forgive me if I don't have them right. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, but I think if Texas were to sign Colin Simmons, he would be the first time since 2018, since we got Caden Stearns, that we got the top player in the state of Texas. I think he would be the highest ranked player on the defensive side of the ball to commit to the University of Texas since Malik Jefferson and the highest ranked player overall to commit to Texas since Jonathan Gray. So Colin Simmons is in rarefied air, somebody who had 22 sacks last year and 33 tackles for loss in route to Duncanville winning a state championship. So he is one of the best players in the country, bar none. And he's those, you know, one of those type of edge prospects that, you know, he was super good in high school. He's going to be really good in college. And he's going to be one of those edge players that dominates in the NFL. You know, I say all the time that these recruiting sites are not 100% accurate, but they get it right a lot more than they get it wrong. And those edge rushers that are ranked in the top 10, top 15 of their class, they usually end up as the best as the best edge rushers in the NFL. You know, you look at Von Miller, uh, you know, Will Anderson, he was a first round pick. So it remains to be seen what he's going to do. Uh, Miles Garrett, just the list goes on and on. Right. Those players that come out of high school in the top 10 as edge rushers, they end up as first round draft picks. And more times than not, they hit. And I see the same with Colin Simmons. He's going to be a really good player. The problem is, is where is he going to go? Right. Where is he going to be a really good player in college? And we found out yesterday that he is committing 
on August 10th, right, with his three top schools being Miami, Texas, and LSU. And we know pretty much throughout the entire cycle he's been an LSU-Texas battle, right? But his last visit was to LSU, right? And then he announces a commitment date essentially right after and there doesn't seem to be a ton of confidence on the LSU side. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of confidence on the Texas side, which is a huge 180 from how we felt a month ago, where we felt like Colin Simmons was a Texas lock. Add into the fact that his teammate, Caden Durham, running back, is also committing on August 10th. And people have rumored or rumbled that this could be a package deal, right? They could go to the same school. This does not benefit the University of Texas, who already has two running backs in their class committed for this season or for the 2024 class, I should say. And Texas is in Colin Simmons top three, but Texas is not in Caden Durham's top three. But you know what school is in both of their top threes? LSU. So we'll have to wait to the 10th. Obviously, anything can happen. And, you know, this is going to be a battle to December, regardless of, you know, where those two kids commit. But you know, based on what I'm seeing right now, you know, I'm not sure that LSU was confident or Texas is confident. But, you know, the fact that he set his commitment date after the LSU visit and he's announcing the same day as his high school teammate. And a lot of people feel like they're going to go to the same school with Caden Durham not being in on Texas or Texas not being in on him. If I had to pick right now, it feels like LSU. But like I said, this commitment is going to go down to December. All I know is regardless of what happens next Thursday, Texas cannot allow Colin Simmons to play in any other jersey but the one that says Texas on the front in white or burnt orange. Hopefully they can close on one of the best defensive prospects out of the state of Texas in a decade. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns. Tomorrow we will have the day two updates from training camp. Hook them and peace. You are locked on Longhorns. All right, hook them and peace. <laughs>